Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Today is Friday, January 26th. Happy Friday. You guys, <laughs> I wish I was on camera. You don't understand what just happened. Two seconds before recording, I was moving my chair back like this to get comfortable. And I knocked the chair over and I fell to the ground and I was pressing live. Like, I'm so glad that that's not how you started your day. Um, in your mind, you could think, wow, I really wish I could have uh, seen Donna fall on her ass to start my Friday Daily Dose. But <clears throat> alas, it's not today. Not today, Satan. Not today. But today, we have a great show. Shockingly, Lots of stories. I thought it was going to be kind of a slow one because there's no Southern charm, but we do have a Southern charm story. We're talking Carolyn Manzo. We're talking Heather Gay. We're talking Taylor from Southern charm on Nick Viles podcast. We're talking love is blind. Melissa and Teresa from Jersey moment about Denise Richards. And then of course, we're going to talk all about the traders before we head into the weekend. Thank you guys for being here and subscribing. I want to shout out this week's sponsor of the Daily Dose of Donna show. And that is ZipRecruiter. Our friends at ZipRecruiter conducted a recent survey and found that the top hiring challenge employees face for 2024 is a lack of qualified candidates. I can probably um, shout out a variety of times that I hired wrong or that I was hired wrong you know, so don't you worry. But if you're an employer and need to hire, here's good news. ZipRecruiter has smart tools and features that help you find more qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Donna. You know, I wonder if Andy Cohen needs to hit up ZipRecruiter because I think she needs to, um, I think, I think Andy Cohen needs to maybe go to ZipRecruiter and ask new housewives of Salt Lake City now that we don't have Monica. And should we have Heather Gay? That's a question that I have for you guys today. So here's how ZipRecruiter's tools and features help you find the best people for your roles. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology shows you candidates whose skills and experience match it. Uh, they use AI technology. They really send you more of what you like. So let ZipRecruiter help you conquer the biggest hiring challenge, finding qualified candidates. See why four out of empl five employees Sorry, see why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter uh, get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Donna, D-A-N-A, ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Thank you, ZipRecruiter. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I'm just going to get right into it because today Lance and I are going out of town. We're leaving the kids behind. Don't worry, guys. No need to call CPS. I've got babysitters. I've got my mom helping. I've got them having sleepovers. They are under control, but I don't need to 
parent for two days and I need the break. I need the break. And those of you who have kids, you know how important these breaks are. So I'm very looking forward to it. Have you ever been to Temecula? I've never been to Temecula before. Temecula is a wine tasting region. It's like a very, um, there's lots of wineries and stuff and like a cute little old town of it, but I've never been there. It's only about an hour and a half to two hours away from us. I want to say from Los Angeles, it is inland and a little south. Normally, um, you guys are funny in your comments. <laughs> wow. Um, normally wine, like if you go wine tasting or if you want to go to a wine region here in California, you know that you're going north, right? You usually go to like Paso Robles or Los Olivos or um, um, Santa Inez. You could even go, of course, more north to Sonoma or Napa or any of those towns. So we're going to a wedding and it'll be fun. We're going to a casino tonight for the welcome event after dinner. And I'm telling you, if they've got some Wheel of Fortune slots, come on, baby. It's by mama and you pair of shoes. All right. So I will give you guys a heads up when I'm about to talk to, about traders and I'll put timestamps for anyone that's watching or listening later so you don't have to worry about getting spoiled. That will be the last thing I talk about. So let's, so let's talk about this, uh, all the other stuff first. So breaking news, you guys, just this morning uh, about... A half hour before the show started, I got a notification from TMZ, and a lot of you guys DM'd it to me, that Caroline Manzo is officially suing Bravo. She's officially suing Bravo for, um, for claiming sexual harassment. Now, you guys remember, this was a big thing a few months ago. We had a whole show about this, and I was pretty surprised, actually, how many of you guys are on Brandy's side of this. Essentially, this is what we know. We know that there was an uh, Ultimate Girls trip. It was the season that they filmed before the season we just saw with the Legacy Girls. And basically, what happened was they went to Morocco, and there was a bunch of people there, including Brandy Glanville and Caroline Manzo. I guess there was some alcohol drink. I guess it was like a little bit of wild and out. And apparently it's a he said, she said, or I should say a she said, she said that Brandy tried to kind of come on to Caroline. It's the craziest match I've ever seen in my entire life. Like I have seen Brandy do wild things. I just never thought Caroline Manzo was in that category for her, but I don't know. And apparently, um, you know, according to Brandy, there was definitely some like welcoming of the advances. They were having a lot of fun. Now, I am a little bit surprised because Caroline, to me, from what we know, and tell me if I'm wrong, I don't believe that she is a big drinker or a partier. I don't even remember her ever really drinking on the show. I could be wrong, but it, it feels like she was probably somewhat sober. Maybe she had had a couple drinks. Now, you guys have a lot of comments about this because it really is a she said, she said. It happened in a bathroom. It happened with production, not in the room. Lots of you guys are team Brandy on this one. Um, Mark says, I am suing Bravo for, for preventing me from seeing the Brandy and Caroline season of Ultimate Girls Trip. Class action, join me. I'm also suing Donna for leaving town and refusing to take me with her. You can, you can join me on my Instagram stories. It's almost like we're together. 
But yeah, lots of you guys think Team Brandy. Andrew says Team Brandy. Caroline is suing to block them airing it. I hope Brandy is vindicated. Wow, all of you guys, all of you guys think Team Brandy. So basically, Caroline Manzo is claiming that Brandy was coming onto her in their rental house and alleges she even forced herself onto Caroline and kissed her without consent, going on to claim that Brandy continued to paw, to paw at her. I would like someone to paw at me. Lance, you hearing me? You going to paw at me? <laughs> um, and mount her. Don't mount me. That feels a little scary. On a couch, making for a very awkward interaction. Wow, that is a really horribly mean comment. Anyway, while Caroline most certainly had issues with what she claims Brandy did in the moment, she's not suing her in this suit. Instead, she's suing Bravo, alleging that showrunners and producers were responsible. Oh my gosh. Hello, Bethany. Bethany is jumping out of a bush. So excited. Alleging that showrunners and producers were responsible for creating and fostering a drunken environment that puts cast members at risk for things like this to happen. Brandy, who's been part of every other girl's trip seasons for Bravo, who's been part of other girls' trip seasons for Bravo, even claimed online a while back that producers strongly encourage cast members to get drunk with excessive alcohol. And Caroline, too, alleges that in her lawsuit here. She also describes what allegedly happened between her and Brandy as triggering trauma. She said she experiences a little girl when she says she was assaulted at the young age of seven, which is not easy. So for anyone that is in that case, that sucks. Um, oh, Lance is here. Lance is watching the live. He says, I'll paw. Well, if you paw, do I mount? Okay, this is TMI. TMI. Um... But she's suing Bravo for negligence, sexual harassment, sex gender discrimina discrimination, sexual battery, and other causes of action that she says violate state laws in California and New York. She's seeking major damages here. We've reached out to Bravo. No word back yet. It's just so interesting because she's not suing Brandy, even though Brandy was actually the person who created the environment. I can't imagine that in these days, the contracts that you sign on these reality shows don't protect you in these cases, not protect you, but protect the production company. And like, this is very, very confusing to me. I'm very interested to know why a production company that's been around the block and has done this now for so many seasons doesn't have verbiage in their contract that says, if you are signing on to this show, know that you could have, um, you know, like we are not liable for certain interactions or for certain things. Do I believe that Brandy did all of these things, paw and mount and kiss? Absolutely. Not even a question. We've seen Brandy's behavior. Do I believe that Caroline was immediately like freaking out? My guess is that she was kind of in the moment and having a little fun and then had a moment where she felt like she was like she came to and she's like, oh my God, I'm a mom, I'm a grandma, I'm a wife, I'm a, like, you know, it's interesting, interesting. Obviously, we're never going to see this. We're never going to see this girl's trip, which sucks for all the people that filmed it. I think they still get paid. I don't know if they get paid per, for the airing in addition to getting paid just to do the show, but it does suck for them because you go out of your way, you film a show, you want it to air, you, you want your experience to be on TV. All of these reality stars really truly want to be successful and want to be on TV. I mean, that's why they do it, right? They want the money, but they also want the fame. So it all makes sense. And, um, 
and it will be interesting to see. Uh, Caroline, Caroline is, I find this kind of interesting. She was on Jeff Lewis Live a few months ago. I wish I remember what month, but it was when he was in New York one time. And Andy Cohen happened to be in the building and, you know, because they sh they do the show at Sirius Radio where Andy has his own channel or his own show. And he comes in and they start talking together. And I guess they had like a really nice exchange. I just feel like this is so sad because I do actually think that Andy really likes Caroline. I think that Caroline was such an OG, but um, – there's a lot of bad stories out there about Caroline that I didn't really recognize or know until you guys told me. Lots of stories about Caroline and her um, her family and Dina and, you know, lots of like weird stuff. So we'll have to see what happens. Um, we'll have to watch what happens, but I don't think we'll ever see this girl's trip. So that's kind of a bummer. That part bums me out, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. All right. We got to talk about Heather Gay, you guys. My friend Elisa sent me some um, tweets last night and I was sitting at home. Um, I was watching Trader, so I kind of looked at them and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I never thought about this. That essentially what people are saying. Now, I want to know from you guys, you answered very clearly that your team Brandy with the Caroline and Brandy debacle. I would like to know, do you believe Heather Gay? in terms of her story about the black eye. Do you believe that it's fair that Heather Gay lied tremendously throughout the a year or so to a variety of people, implicating a variety of people around, you know, on the show, in the show, production, network, this, that, for the black eye that she now says Jen Shaw gave to her and she was covering up for her the entire time? To me, I feel like, um, let me get Billy out of here. Um, to me, I feel like there is a, a little bit of a story that we're missing. So I showed Lance yesterday. Lance is not a doctor of any sort, but I showed him like, look at this black eye. And I pulled up a picture of Heather waking up that morning when they were in San Diego with that black eye. And Lance immediately was like, she got clocked in the eye. That's not like a secondary, um, injury. But Dorinda Medley on her radio show yesterday talked about the fact that she was, she spoke to a doctor and she said, a black eye does not form that intensely, that deeply within five, six hours after the actual aggression. Usually what happens is like, I remember when I just fell on my, um, on my butt down the stairs, day one was like, you know, at the end of the night, it was like a little bit, you could see like a little bit blue, a little bit green. By day two, it was definitely getting black and blue. By day three, it was like a huge, the worst of the worst. So I think everybody, every, everybody, everybody is different in terms of how long you get um, bruised when getting injured. So I'm curious from you guys, if you've ever gotten a black eye, do you wake up the next morning like fully? I, I, I hope you guys remember what Heather Gay's black eye looked like. I am um, going to pull it up for you guys because it's not like Oliver had a nose injury. He got hit in the nose with a bat and he did get a black eye from it, but it never became what Heather's 
eye looked like. Heather's eye was unreal. It literally looks like a makeup a makeup job. It is as dark as can be. So what a lot of people are starting to say is, hey, there's this picture that she showed up in San Diego and the day before she was being filmed, you know, just on the trip, having some wine, whatever. And there's pictures of her with a little bit of bruising already starting around that eye. And if that's the case, if that is actually the case that she had a little bit of bruising, a lot of people are saying, wait, is it possible that she had this injury before she went to San Diego? And a lot of people are saying it's possible it was a botched eye injection, eye filler from Beauty Lab and Laser, which is her company. I Googled, I'm doing the hard-hitting research over here, guys. I Googled botched eye filler. And the pictures that I see are a lot of, of, like, I don't see black eyes like this. I see droopy eyes. I see where one eye is like this and one eye is like that. I see a lot of, like, kind of bruising. I don't see anything that is that Strong. I don't see anything that is is like that intense, but anything is possible. Kelly Kelly believes that it was a hundred percent from filler. Um, a lot of you guys, uh, you know, think you could bruise right in the day of. Like, there's no way to know, but it is weird that she threw Jen finally to the wolves by saying she did it. But there's no story about how she did it. Were they in a fight? Were they playing around and having fun? Were they hooking up? Were they, you know, why don't we have more details about it? Now, that being said, Heather was covering up for something, whether she was covering up for Jen Shaw or Beauty Lab and Laser, a lie is a lie, right? So she lied multiple times knowing the truth and didn't really say anything. That being said, why is Heather allowed to be on the show and Monica's not? I feel like it's obvious. I feel personally like Monica, it's not a lie. It's not like she was covering up one portion of her life. She was lying about her identity. And when you're lying about your identity, it feels way, way, way more, um, it feels bigger. To me, Heather lied about a very specific thing, just like how many housewives have? Let's be honest. How many housewives have lied about, you know, things like small events through the shows? This is a very common thing, I think, on these shows. So Monica is lying about something very big, right? Monica came in there and pretended to be someone that she is not, or she was hiding who she really was, and she was infiltrating herself. She was sleeping with the enemy, essentially, and it, it's giving like stalker fan obsessed that she, you know, needed to be around these women and then report on them. A hundred percent. I do not, um, I do not feel that it's the same. Now, a lot of you guys think that everyone knew casting knew and everyone knew before because Monica said she told casting. Remember, I told you, I can't imagine that to be true. I guess crazier things have happened. The producers, there's two producers that were interviewed by Variety Magazine and they had this TikTok. So it's up there, you guys, on the Variety TikTok. It's Heather Gay's interviewed, 
the two women producers and Andy Cohen. And all of them are saying that they had no idea about any of this until, you know, that day when Heather got that call from Tanisha. Do I think that's true? Um, it's as true maybe as the producers not knowing that Tom and Raquel were actually stooping. Remember how they never said that they knew, but they kind of probably knew. That's my guess. My guess is like production kind of knew that something was here and they, they wanted to kind of see it play out. But I don't know if they knew like definitively. Um, I'm shocked if Monica really did say something in casting that there's not footage of that. In casting sessions at this day and age, you do not. I mean, I would be shocked if there's no footage of every single audition that they have. We would never audition without footage. We would not record sometimes our original meetings, but that's because we would see like thousands and thousands of people. I have a feeling that Monica, her original meeting with casting was already like, she was working for Jen Shaw. Like she was not just like your random chick from the side of the road. I feel like with casting for Real Housewives, they're not doing open calls right? They're not just like putting calls out there like big brother. It's friends of friends. It's people who are referred. You may have to fill out an application, but it's people that are like in that circle. They're not just going to grab some random chick off the street. And so for that reason, I do believe that they probably filmed every single audition she had in the casting process. And so I would be very, very interested. Now, Monica is like threatening to release her burn book because she said she wasn't able to. Um, she can make a whole lot of money if she releases it and, you know, sells it online or whatever. But if I were her, I would stay a little quiet, a little quiet, and then she'll get snatched up for, from another show or back on Salt Lake City, Traders, House of Villains, any of the other ones. That's my guess. She'll probably have a podcast too. Mark my words. Let's see. Where are we? On January 26th, by March 25th, Monica will have a podcast. <laughs> She'll have something, right? Don't you think? Um, so that's my thoughts on Heather Gay. Now we're going to talk about something that is a little bit of... Mark says we need overall medical expert Anne-Marie Anna Marie, to weigh in on the black eye. She's going to be like... Mm, uh, I believe that's anxiety. Um, okay. So, you know, she'll be like, Ooh, black eye. It's probably an eating disorder. I didn't say that. That's what she would say. So if let's keep it moving. So Taylor, Taylor Ann Green was on Nick Viles podcast yesterday and I listened to it. I don't listen to his show, but I do listen to interviews when he does like, but I fast forward through him talk. I don't know that who the players are on that show at all, but on the show, um, Taylor from Southern Charm was interviewed. Now, I know Olivia was interviewed a couple weeks ago. Personally, I am not a huge fan of Olivia, and I find her as boring. I mean, I find her almost impossible. She has no personality or charisma at all. So I would like to watch – I would rather watch Taylor on anything or, um, you know, Shep, Austin, Craig – Leva, Madison, Vanita, like Olivia is really hard for me. She's, she gives nothing, but, um, Taylor was on and she was talking about kind of where she is now weeks or months after this reunion. I'll tell you something. If 
you were on the fence about whether or not you like Taylor, if it made you question her, I would personally go and listen to this podcast. Because Taylor brings up a lot of things in this. Number one, she gives you the why, why she did what she did, how she handled the way she handled, and how effed up her brain was and her state of mind was in that moment. I appreciate a vulnerable, uh, remorseful person. And I think it's really important that she is taking accountability 100%. If you listen to this podcast, she is. And she's very clear. She's like, I am not media trained. I'm not good on camera. Being on camera and doing all of these really, really important, big, scary conversations um, where I had to like face all these things was really overwhelming and really scary for me. So I did things so wrong. I wish I would have gone back and just said this and that and this and that. Okay. I appreciate that. You have to remember that Taylor is not, she wasn't like trying to be a star here. She was dating Shep and it became a thing. Now, next, I will say this. Olivia is playing games because Olivia has been, okay, go back to the season. Do you remember the season where right before they went to the lake house, right? They went up to the lake house and they said that they were, um, this was the, the episode where Olivia had just come to Taylor's house and they were talking for the last time, kind of one-on-one. This is right after Olivia's brother had died. And then later that day, they all went to the lake house with the guys. They went to Shep's lake house. That was the night that Shep was an ass and said to, which night? All of them. But the night that he was an ass and he said to Taylor, you know, it didn't bother me cheating on you or I enjoyed it or I wasn't upset about it. It's some horrible, mean comment. That was the night where Taylor got really upset. Olivia and her got into it. It turned into a huge night, huge fight. And Taylor ended up, remember, passing out in Shep's bed. That weekend, you would think Olivia was so mad at Taylor, so angry with her, so, you know, over her, et cetera. But that weekend was shot right after, in real life, Olivia was texting Taylor. Can't wait to see you this weekend. Gonna have so much fun with the guys. Looking forward to spending time with you. What are you gonna wear? What are you gonna this? And Taylor said she already knew the truth at this point. And I had profusely apologized over and over and over and over. And she knew the truth and she was still nice to me and talking to me about like, can't wait to get, you know, hang out with me, et cetera, et cetera. And she literally then showed up on camera and was horrid to me. Now, Taylor did not throw Olivia under the bus in any way. She's just saying, like, I was confused. I didn't really know what I was getting with Olivia. Every time I saw her, I didn't really know what I was getting. She also mentioned that the editing of the show was completely used. The in, When she mentioned the T-Rav or the T- Thomas Ravenel story, um, she didn't want to say it. She says, I mean, maybe she did. Who cares? But she said that Shep and Craig and like everyone was like, say it, say it, say it, say it. And Taylor said it. But she said that the smirk that editing showed after she said, well, Olivia did this with T-Rav um, or Thomas, whatever. There was a smirk on Taylor. And she's like, that was not my face. Like I was not proud of myself for this moment. I have to believe her in that because how many times do we see this? If you work in production, if you work in TV, you know damn well that editing can tell a story. 
right? Editing can tell a story that is not really what is happening. There's certain things that editing cannot cover up. Like if you act badly or speak to someone meanly or whatever, it, it is true, but they can piece words and phrases and whatever uh, uh, towards each other to make it look a certain way. Taylor was the villain in the show. She was the villain this season. She got skewered. She got harassed. She got mutilated by fans. And then remember when everyone was watching this back and fans were killing her online, her brother passed away. So she then had to go through probably one of the hardest losses you have to go through as a human being while the whole world was against her. If you don't have sympathy at all, like even if she and Austin had sex, even if she and Austin had sex, guys, even if, why does it give people such a reason to attack her? Like she didn't, there's so many bad things you can do in this world. Having sex with your, with your, you know, exit. And, and, and I'm saying if she had sex, like what we've heard is that they just kissed. It, it, it was wrong. It was absolutely wrong. But like, do we, des- does she deserve this? Like, are we these kinds of people? Anyway, you know, my, my thoughts, I'm a big fan of, of, you know, redemption if you are showing that. So listen to the episode. It may change your mind. It may change your mind and it may make you say, hey, is Olivia and creating, was Olivia creating a storyline for this? Why is she besties with Austin and going on vacations with him or introducing him to her boyfriend? Like la, 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 la. And in the meantime, you know, there's such vitriol towards Taylor. And Nick asks asks this many times why Austin gets off scape-free every freaking time And the woman always gets the worst of it. Those are my thoughts. Okay, stupid little stories now. Love is Blind. Do we care? I know Love is Blind season six is coming out very soon, but Love is Blind season three, there was a a couple that actually went down the aisle, got married, and are still married, Alexa and Brennan. Do you remember that? She came from like an Israeli Jewish family. He was like a country bumpkin with a with a hat. Anyway, they're pregnant. They're having a baby. That made me so happy. I'm like, good for them, you know? Go live your best selves, Alexa and Brennan. And meanwhile, another couple that is uh, on the outs are sister-in-laws, Melissa Gorga and Teresa Judici, Judice, whatever. Teresa and... Melissa are officially not speaking. Apparently, there's no interaction between them. How in the world is Real House of New Jersey going to work? Like, are we going to be like, oh, this is Jersey episode 1A. And then here's Jersey episode 1B. When you can't get the cast together, it's going to feel completely strange and odd. Um, Obviously, we'll watch it, but it doesn't sound very interesting. Sounds pretty boring. I think Jersey may be like coming to their... Potomac moment. Don't you think? Where it's like they're forced to hang out together, but no one really wants to hang out together. So, all right. 
Here we are, 31 minutes in. Let's talk a little bit about the traders. So if you guys have not watched the traders, you can go. You can leave. Because we're about to talk about the rumors and the nastiness of the traders. You can leave. All right, you guys. On this week's episode of the traders, we have a... Um, what we immediately, we immediately get a housewife on the outs because at the end of last week's episode, Parvati, the, the traders remember are Phaedra, who's a housewife, Parvati, I hope I'm saying that right. And Dan, who's a big brother. So we got a big brother, a survivor and a housewife. And Parvati had just gone after Phaedra and the housewife saying, you guys are like sticking together and you're, you know, whatever. And then Larsa ended up going home. So when they were standing there, um, you know, in their turret area and she was talking to Parvati, Parvati and um, Phaedra were talking. Phaedra's like, why are you going after me? They ended up deciding to get rid of a housewife, which was a smart move because I think Phaedra was like, I want people to think that I am not involved. Why would I ever get rid of someone on my side? But they got rid of Tamara. So Tamara, Tamara um, is gone. She cried. She had a very good like bachelor, bachelorette goodbye um, interview. You know, those like when they're in the limo and they're like, it was really fun. Tamara's like, oh, I got to see Scotland. I really had a good time and I'm okay. So she ended up going home. So Tamara's gone. The only Bravo people we have left are Phaedra, Sheree, MJ. Is that it? Phaedra, Sheree, MJ. That may be it. Because we lost Larsa. We lost Tamara. That may be it. Okay, so the episode continues and, um, and well, yeah, Kate, Kate Chastain comes back, but that's later. So the episode continues and they go on some crazy ass wild. Okay. First of all, I want to talk about this. And Lance actually brought this up last night. Peter, the first breakfast arrivals are CT, love a CT, by the way. Did you guys see this? I posted in my stories yesterday. CT from the challenge, the challenge on their YouTube channel are doing this like documentary series. And it's starting with the episode all about CT. And it's it's airing on Monday, the 29th on YouTube on the challenge channel. Um, I subscribed. I'm super excited to watch it. It will premiere, I think, at like 5 p.m. So CT and Janelle come in. And those are two of my favorite players, right? So the two of them are coming in and they're talking and CT's a little nervous. He's like, we were the first to come to breakfast. We were also the first, like, so was Ek and Sue and she ended up getting poisoned the last time. So he's, he's a little nervous. Now, Peter from The Bachelor, Pilot Pete, I think, comes in and he's talking to John, the older dude and Janelle and, um, and CT. And he's talking to them all in a very like trustworthy way. He's like, I know you guys aren't traders. Now they aren't traders, right? CT's not a trader. John's not a trader. Janelle's not a trader, but he's so confident. How do we just feel so confident? Like when you're talking to your buddies and you're kind of like, okay, this is what I think we're going to do and try to get the traders and this and that. How do you know that it's not your, a trader? No one's out there saying, yes, I'm a trader. 
So it's just so interesting. And they, he had it right that none of them are traitors. But I found it a little, we found it a little interesting later when, when Pete had his little, you know, scheme that he was telling people about the shield. So they're having breakfast. Everyone slowly comes to breakfast and they're starting to question Dan. Everyone's starting to question Dan because Dan is playing a little bit like stupidly because everyone's throwing out names left and right. Everyone that is a faithful is like, I think she's a traitor. I think he's a traitor. And Dan's like, I'm waiting to give you who I think. He's playing smart, but stupid. Shockingly, he keeps going through the, the process, but too careful, Lance says. Yes. So um, too careful and too quiet. He's like scared to be, because he he played big brother this way, right? He played big brother by like kind of tiptoeing through the show and then bam, winning the show. So um, later they go on and they do this challenge, this bird call, dumb ass challenge. There, I, I'm going to say it. It's the dumbest challenge I've ever seen on any reality show. I was so bored. They were doing bird calls. I mean, I was pretty surprised by some of their sounds, but they're doing these weird ass bird calls going through. I mean, it just felt so stupid. And they're all trying to get this shield. And Bergie, he's the guy from Love Island. And who else got the the shield? Bergie and Trishel got the shield, but they kept it quiet. And they decided with Pete and Janelle that they were going to tell people that Pete and Janelle got the shield. Is that right? Did I say this? Right? Pete was going around trying to kind of create the storyline. Like, we're trying to trick who I think is a traitor. So I'm going to tell them that I got a shield and I won't be eliminated. But really, Bergie got the shield. So if Bergie's, you know, whatever. So he's trying to play this game. However, he's telling so many people. He tells Dan because he assumes or or thinks Dan is a traitor. He tells Parvati. I don't know if he thinks Parvati is a traitor. But then he tells like five other people that he thinks are his friends. And no one knows who the traitor is. So it's all strange. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of back and forth. Who should we get rid of? What do you think? What are your thoughts? And Janelle is, this is where Janelle makes a big mistake is she's loud. She's loud and she's strong about her opinion. So she's like looking at the pictures and she's like, I think that's who it is. And Dan, it's definitely Dan. Now, listen, Janelle's right. It is Dan. But everyone hears that and starts to say, uh-oh. So strangely enough, MJ has Dan's back. And she's listening to Janelle talk about Dan. And she also thought it was Dan a few weeks ago, but then she runs over to, to Dan right before they're doing the round table. And she's like, Janelle is gunning for you. Janelle is gunning for you. We got to We got to save you. And he's like, what, why, how, whatever. Anyway, they go into the round table and right before they go into the round table, we find out a new, this is interesting. I'm kind of confused why they did this. Do you guys think they did this because Deontay left? Oh, by the way, tell me right now in the comments, did you remember like, did you realize that Deontay left in last week's episode? He didn't get banished and he didn't get murdered, but he left on his own accord. They, I guess they mentioned it within the first five minutes, like in a voiceover. I missed it completely. Lance missed it completely. We watched entire last episode not knowing that Deontay was gone. How crazy is that? So Deontay, the heavyweight boxer, was having such a hard time because he was eliminating his buddies. I can't remember. Who did he eliminate? that he was convinced was a traitor. It was a dude. And so he felt so sad over it the week before that he couldn't handle it. And he went home. I love his heart. What a sweet guy. 
But anyway, for whatever reason, and I think it's because Deontay left, maybe they were like, we got to bring someone else in, or they already kind of had this in their back pocket because Kate Chastain brings so much entertainment to this show. So Kate Chastain shows up um, with some quips, you know, and she's the new player and she has now been given the, the role of a faithful. So they're not sure. Oh, Maxim, that's right. Dancing with the Stars guy. He kicked out Maxim and he felt so bad about it. He was sure that Max was a, a traitor. So um, so Kate comes in and she's a faithful. She doesn't know who the traitors are either. And I would be so bummed if I was someone else on the show because Kate is good at the show and she's done it already. So I find it really interesting that they brought her back in, I guess, just to throw things around. Or maybe they, interesting, Andrew says they, I was just about to say this, they brought Kate back because they lost so much personality with the ones eliminated. It's so true. Like the second um, Johnny Bananas was gone, I was like, oh, that's not good because she's so, he's so like personable and entertaining, right? And then now Tamara's gone and Larsa's gone, like all these really, so what, we're left with Sandra? Okay, um, we're, we're doing the round table and people are either going after Janelle or they're going after Dan. Now there's a couple of random votes, but for the most part, it's between Janelle and Dan. And sure enough, Janelle gets banished. She stands up and she says, I have, I've been loyal and I have been honest and I am a freaking faithful, you idiots. And she gets up and she leaves. Everyone's like, no, 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 no. So Janelle goes home and then they decide, is that where the episode ended or was, did something else happen? Then they end up going and they're trying to decide who to murder. I believe that's where it ended. I feel like something else happened right at the end and now I can't remember, but I am loving the show. I think it's a phenomenally done show. Um, it's really entertaining. The reality stars that they picked are so entertaining. And, um, my guess right now is that Dan is going to be on the chopping block real soon. He needs to figure it out fast. He needs to figure out, I think he's going to throw Parvati or Phaedra under the bus somehow. He's going to start like kicking them off because to protect himself, he's going to find something to do about it. Now I would just be happy. Oh yes. Thank you, Carrie. They got together in the turret and they were talking about murdering Bergie because Bergie is the only one that is a hundred percent sure it's Dan. And he's like, I already wrote your name on the chalkboard. Like that's your name. So Dan is like, we got to get rid of him. Now I think that's a dumb move because if Bergie goes home, obviously it's like, why would Bergie go home? Well, he voted for Dan. So it doesn't seem like a smart move, but at the same time, you got to get rid of someone that is gunning for you. Anyway, you guys, um, I think that's it on Traders. I love the show. I love that we watch it as a family. My kids are kind of into it. They're into it when they're around and not into it when they're not. Um, Lance and I are definitely into it. Oh, thank you, Lance. Oh my gosh. I can't believe that I didn't say this. Um, he has a shield. He has a shield. A bunch of you guys just said all of, uh, all of a sudden. He has a shield. And he is going to be, they're going to try to murder him. If they do try to murder him, he thinks, Dan thinks that Pilot Pete isn't smart enough to have come up with this like scheme to tell certain people, the traitors, this and that. Parvati and Phaedra think he's lying, Pilot Pete. But Dan, for some reason, is like, nah, he's not smart or savvy enough to do this. So they're going to go after Bergie. And Bergie is going to have a shield. So what that means is, my guess, is that tomorrow morning they're going to wake up and everyone's going to show up to breakfast. And then they're going to know that they went after Bergie. 
which then pilot pilot Pete is going. I mean, we'll have to see where it goes. We don't know. They may not even go after Bergie, but shockingly, after seeing one episode of Love Island in my entire life, I literally watched one episode in my entire life of Love Island. It was the episode that Bergie came and was eliminated in. He came off so like not intelligent and kind of like all over the place on Love Island. But Bergie's kind of understanding this game. Bergie is getting it. Bergie and Pete are surprising me the most. And watch MJ wins the damn show. Because I feel like she's having some some good run. It's a great show. It's so fun. If you haven't watched it ever, um, there's only been like six episodes or five episodes, maybe six. You can catch up this weekend. Watch The Traders. It's on Peacock. You can get Peacock so cheap. And I think that now they're airing some episodes on Bravo or on NBC too. So watch it. Make sure to watch. And... Um, and we will uh, talk on Monday when I get back. Uh, we'll talk about the weekend. We'll, of course, talk about Real Housewives of Potomac <sighs> as I fall asleep. I mean, magnesium isn't working, but Real Housewives of Potomac should. And um, all the other things that are coming up. We've got Vanderpump Rules next week. We've got this challenge documentary that I'm really excited about. And there's a few other shows. And now I can't remember off the top of my head. Feud. That new show about um, Capote and the and the women, that's coming up. Lots of really fun, fun things. So I hope you have an amazing weekend. Thank you so much for all your support this and every week from Daily Dose of Donna. Donna, signing off. Bye, guys. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.